one of the things about making a big move like we have to Portugal is that the belief is, man, things were really cool where I came from. And psychologically, we go to this new place and we inadvertently want to shape it in light of where we came from. How many people sabotage possibility because they want to make it like something they came from, even if what they came from was not serving them. Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old, ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance, burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. Welcome to the Evolve Leadership Show. My name is Tim McLeggan. I'm the senior coach here at Evolve. And our founder, Angus Nelson, you are not in Portugal, my friend. You look like you are on a remote location. I am a remote location, but yet not remote because it's actually a property I own. I'm in the pool house of our home in uh, uh, Nashville, Tennessee that we are selling and we're getting ready to close. We still have renters in the main house. They're almost done. And we're back here to sell everything. We're all in on Portugal. Uh, so I'm living and working in our pool house while we, while we navigate all of that. Yeah. And you're selling stuff, putting, giving away, putting stuff on Facebook Marketplace, asking kids, hey, is it, can I sell this? You know, all that yeah. stuff. And today, what I wanted to do is just take an episode and talk about making big moves. When you're moving locations, moving cities, yeah. moving roles, so much, so much energy goes into that. And it's not just that slice, right? It's never yeah. just the move or the business yeah. role. It affects our family. It affects our mental health. It affects letting go of things mm -hmm. that were precious and embracing new possibilities. And so I want to talk about that because you and I have both walked through that, but, um, Big or moves can affect us walking in a big through way. it, if we're going to be really honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, right? and big moves can affect us in so many different ways. And, you know, unless you got moves like Jagger, uh, <laughs> this conversation, I think, is really reflective of, well, let me rephrase it and say it this way. When I was thinking about us having this conversation, it's really baked in with a lot of emotion because we're in the midst of our big move on another level. It was one thing when, you know, a year and a half ago, we decided, hey, let's move to a foreign country. Let's go overseas and take our kids who at the time were 11 and 12 and 
let's create a life in a place where we don't speak the language we've never been before. And it's true. We've never been to Portugal. We're moving sight unseen. Uh, and that, you know, the, the process of all of that came also with what I think is a little traumatic PTSD we have of everything it took to make that move happen, all the paperwork and the consulates and the visas and, you know, all the things you have to do for legal and health and insurance and dot, 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 while running our own business. And now here we are a year and a half later, and some of that stuff's like creeping its ugly head again because we're under similar pressures. It's different, but it's the same. And it's all the things that come when you make a big move. It just so happens that this move is physical, but there's also big moves, you know, in your Yeah. And Angus, if you would take us back to, you know, it was a year and a half ago, take us back in that first move to Portugal. Cause on one level you could see somebody on social media, we moved to Spain, you know, or we moved to Portugal. And it could just seem like this glorious, uh, idyllic picture of giving a you know family a european adventure and yet just like you said there was some kind of trauma that you walked through walk us through what the motivation to move in the first place and kind of what was that initial journey like well originally uh my parents uh my mom is from new zealand my dad served in the navy and growing up they would say consistently grab a backpack and go get out of school grab a backpack and go yeah. Uh, my mom used to encourage that uh, education would come by learning about others, you know, type of thing. Uh, my dad uh, was in the Navy. Uh, his kind of education was a little different in his travels. Uh, <laughs> maybe not the best, uh, but yet, nonetheless, experience in, in different ways. Yeah. Um, but they knew that if we traveled and saw the world, we'd have, you know, an another lens to look through. And it was true throughout my 20s, uh, every summer I would go to different countries and such. Uh, the Soviet Union, you know, it was in 1991, right before um, the tanks rolled into Red yeah. Square. I had spent two months, wow. came back home, and two weeks later, you know, it became Russia. You know, everything blew up in, in the Soviet Union. I was in um, a number of other countries, France, south of France. I was in Venezuela, Mexico, uh, Thailand. Uh, all these different experiences kind of built in this, like, I want my kids to have a different, you know, viewpoint on the world too. Yeah. Secondarily, my wife uh, had in her practice marriage, as I like to call it, uh, she was married to a soldier. They spent uh, some time stationed in Germany. So she was there yeah. for three years. So she'd already experienced this European, you know, life. Here we are setting a goal. I wrote it in my little vision you know, thing that in 2024, we're going to do this, which is really funny because this show is probably going to actually air in 2024. But in 2024, <laughs> we're going to move to a foreign country in Europe and yeah. have a European experience for our kids. And we wanted all the things, foreign language, you know, we wanted them to experience the food, the history, blah, blah, blah. And in the middle of COVID and all the pandemic, it's like, what are we waiting for? Yeah. You know, and there's a lot more details to it, but that was kind of a catalyst. We're sitting here watching a show. I think we were watching House Hunters International. Yeah. Uh, I, I legit think we were watching that show. And there'll be more coming on that. That's a little teaser. You keep listening to this show. And I'm going to tell you a little something, something foreshadow. 
we were watching that show and my wife just turned to me and this is in December of uh, 2021. Uh, and she says, we have to go. Mm. And that was in December we were deciding. And there's a whole litany of how it ended up being Portugal. Uh, we don't have to go into, but when we decided five months later, we landed. Yeah. And so, in that time, we had to get the house ready for rentals, yeah. get all the paperwork, you know, take care of two big ass dogs and get them shipped over to um, how much stuff do we take? What should we take? What should we not take? Uh, saying goodbye to friends, saying goodbye to the things that were familiar, letting go of our home, navigating and, and uh, uh, negotiating with kids, uh, you know, on all the things. So that's everything that was in, in, involved. Yeah. So with that initial move, what were some of the biggest pressure points you experienced? Where, where internally with the kids, with your marriage, what, mm -hmm. what were some of those big moments where you're like, oh, why did I sign up for this? Uh, urgency and unknowns, I think, mm. were some of the biggest. Uh, there are parts of it you can control. Mm. I get to fill out the paperwork or I get to do the research. And then there's parts that you can't control. And when are we going to hear back from, you know, this thing, that thing, insurance, uh, from banking, from, you know, how do I build my business? I got to get from my bookkeeper, you know, having, you know, living in a foreign land as an expat and running my company back in the States. How do I navigate um, um, a, a property manager, you know, mm -hmm. for our home that's going to be rented out? And do we rent it this way or that way? So that was some unknowns matched with urgency is like we're on a timeline yeah that once you set it into motion the approval comes from the consulate that gives you your visa and then you have like 90 days yeah. that you have to be in country and so once you start putting these pieces in place you kind of have this oh shit moment mm. where it's like it was really romantic when yeah. we were just talking about it you know <laughs> oh isn't it gonna be cool if and then the boots hit the ground and it's like, it's go time. And the kids, you know, having those conversations, as I said before, was, you know, hey, you're going to have to give up some stuff and you have to leave some things behind and you're going to be okay with that. And mm -hmm. Fortunately, we homeschooled our kids for much of their early years. And my wife was a travel blogger. Um, and so she took the family uh, to a lot of different uh, destinations and, and cities and museums and, you know, all these attractions and ate different foods and been around different people. Like that's been a lifestyle. And in 2014, we did it for a year where we put everything, we sold our house, put everything in storage. And every month we were in a different city from San Diego to Aruba. So you had a little warm up, is what you're saying. We had some warm up of the kids are used to <laughs> a nomadic, you know, kind of existence <laughs> or, you know, flexible, I think was more yeah. accurate and being open and rolling with the punches. And so there was some preparation that inadvertently had been done for mm. our kids that made it easier. But at the same time, they still they're old enough to have opinions. They're old yeah. enough to have needs. And to be patient and present with them while they're voicing their troubles. And what you want to say is, look, kiddo, you don't know shit. 
about what <laughs> is going on here. You know, but in that moment, you're like, oh, I totally understand. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel what you're saying. Can you share with me more about what could be possible in this new environment? And so while you're trying to like coach your kid, you're like, I've got so many things I got to get done. I got to make sure I got a lawn guy. Got to get a pool guy. I got to get this fixed. I got to have yeah. gardening. Like, oh, my God. And then I got to navigate with my neighbors. Yeah telling my neighbors, hey, this is this house here is going to be a rental for a little while. I don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah. Man, those are some pieces. And then I think the final piece would be we have a business that if the income goes away, we don't know what we're going to do. Sure. And we're putting all of that at risk in this big experiment. Yeah. And will our clients embrace this? Will the time zone be permitting of this? Will my energy and my lifestyle be tolerant of this? Yeah. You know, and it just so happens that a lot of this has worked out on our behalf. I do have one complaint, I guess now in hindsight is that with the time change, I love to wake up in the morning. I know you're like this too. It's like yeah. grab a cup of coffee and go, right? That's I just right. jump into yeah. work. Well, I don't really have client calls to like, you know, noon or one o'clock mm -hmm. Lisbon time. And I'm noodling around in the mornings now where I can go have a cup of coffee and breakfast with my wife and I can take the dogs for a longer walk. I meet with friends or peers or colleagues that I've since met or people who are visiting in the mornings. Yeah. And then I start my work, you know, later on in the day and it's become a different kind of rhythm to yeah. our lives. I love how you describe the risk, right? Because I think that's what everyone, every leader feels when you're taking a new risk, making a big move in your company, for your family. Um, what Talk about the, the, the benefit, the possibilities, because you guys saw, yeah. obviously, a possibility of a European adventure for your kids, yeah. a new lifestyle, a new view of the world, a new adventure. Yep. Um, talk about the benefits that you've experienced already so far in moving to Portugal. Um, I think the biggest benefit corporately, you know, for our family yeah. uh, is simply possibility. Mm. I think our kids have been stretched to where they go to a Portuguese school. Mm. They've had to listen and learn Portuguese. Uh, I think there's like two teachers in the school that have just a little bit of English skills, but that's it. Wow. Um, and that's been a stretch. Them living in a culture and, you know, being in a big city and they have this independence now where they have a card that gives them access to the metro, to yeah. the buses, to the train, to the ferry, like within an hour and a half, every direction, my kids, that's their playground. And it's a super safe city. And so we don't have to worry about them at 13, 14 years old. If their friends say, hey, let's go see a movie, we'll say, hey, go. We'll see you later. You know, check in. And I can look on my phone and I can see where they're at if I need to. But I don't have to drive them. I don't have to take them and stuff. So if you were to ask my kids, you know, do you want to go back to the States? Right now, their answer is no. Why would we? they have this possibility of exploration and um, experimentation and, and, you know, that 
we can get through this. I think for me personally, um, it's caused me to slow down. The pace of life is different when you go out to eat or, or even if it's a business meeting sometimes. It's at least two hours, if not three hours, because you're not in a rush to get out of the restaurant. Nobody's there trying to push you out because they're trying to turn tables. Um, people enjoy life a little bit more, it feels, uh, or at least aren't. I would say it this way. They live more for life than they do for work. And I can see how that could be, you know, necessarily negative as well. There are parts of productivity that is a challenge sometimes, but I altogether don't believe it's the worst either. You know, it's really caused us to have a different perspective. And when you're making a big move like we did, you don't know what's on the other side until you get there. And the, and I'll probably couch this under possibility too, is that I'm going to figure it out. We, like I said, had never been, so we didn't know exactly what we were going to get ourselves into. We were just trusting so many strangers, you know, hey, here's our realtor. I've never met this dude, you know, or, you know, we actually had two realtors, a dude and a dudette, this woman as well. And, um, and then once you get there, it's like, well, I don't know what cell phone company to get. I don't know what internet, what's the internet going to be like? Um, <clears throat> where am I going to buy my groceries? And do I even know what any of these brands are? All, they all have different names and different flavors and tastes and like all those different things. You realize I am capable of being pliable and flexible and open. And you don't know what risk is until you take it. And the biggest piece is that it makes you feel alive. Wow. Right. When you're taking risk, that stretching, mm. that discomfort, that fear you have to confront and face, that level of uh, complexity and ambiguity, um, trying to get different pieces of paperwork and bureaucracy and all the different things you have to go through. Sure. You get to a place where you just are in a learning mode. And all of your comforts kind of like push to the side and you get comfortable in being uncomfortable. And I'll yeah. couch this as one thing. We also weren't stupid. Yeah. Right. So you didn't just go in without any research. <laughs> we did a ton of research and we kept our house mm. here in the States initially. Yeah. Because if things went sideways, if they didn't work out, we had, you know, some place to go back to and or if it all went sideways, we could sell and take the equity sure. and still have an existence and yeah. decide what do we do next? Yeah. Now, now that we've done that. Oh, go ahead. No, I want to get to the house in a second. But one yeah. thing that I love that you brought up was when you're making a big move, you have to lean in with a growth mindset, that yeah. flexibility. That's what your kids are learning on the spot. But I know from other stories you've told and other friends that we have that their experience were not very good <laughs> because in many ways, at least in my personal opinion, there was a very fixed mindset. 
And when that, that romantic idea of making a big move didn't pan out, there wasn't that, hey, we're going to figure it out. There wasn't that, oh, yeah, we're just going to learn. We're going to you know embrace it and roll with the challenge. And I think when you're making a big move, having that growth mindset and learning new things, right? Learning new paces of life, new, new ways and new challenges, it can, it can actually create these beautiful moments, these beautiful opportunities, these beautiful uh, adventure. But I want to get, you are sitting in the pool house uh, in your home in Nashville because you are selling it. And talk about that because that's a whole other thing. It's one thing to, you know, be moonlighting in Portugal for a little while, you know, and coming back on some European, you know, adventure or vacation and then come back to the real world. But now you're, you're letting go of Nashville, a city you love. You're letting go of stuff. You guys have a ton of stuff in the, in the, in the house, in the garage and selling it. Talk about, about that and even the emotions that you're walking through in that experience. Let me just pause for a second to say this. There is one trait that you will find in every successful leader, no matter their industry, no matter their role. And that trait is action. And we want to inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90-day accelerator. It's a results-driven, battle-tested framework designed specifically for high-performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize the person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show. Yeah, it's like I said, the same but different. Um, the letting go of the stuff is easier today than had I to do this, you know, back 18 months ago or whatever it was. Because I thought there were things I needed or wanted or collected. And let's be honest, we, we all, for the most part, unless you're like super minimalist, we're hoarders in some form or fashion. And you get a house and then you think, oh, I'm going to get this other house and it's a little bit bigger. And then you got to fill it. And then we start collecting more stuff. So we have, you know, all this furniture and all these things. And then there's just the stuff that created memories. So I was just in the attic. Um, a couple of days ago and I'm finding different pictures and portraits my kids made when they were, you know, much younger. And I'm like, Oh, I, one day I, maybe I'll get a tattoo of that little cute little bugger. That's such a cute little drawing. It's so adorable. And now it's like, do I keep this? Do I just take a picture? You know? And that's what I have to do. I, I, the only thing I do is just get up my phone, take a picture and trash it. And there's a part of you that feels like some pain. But then there's another part of that you feel liberated. We have an apartment in a large city and there's not that much space. So you can't have a lot of the things that you're used to having. And what I realize is, nor do we need them, right? And so there's an element where I can have a smaller footprint in the world and have a more valuable life if I can let go of some of the things that, um, well, I'll give you an example. I can look at a piece of collectible. Uh, I've got a Russian coat that I got on a train 
traveling from St. Petersburg to Moscow. When I was in the Soviet Union. There was a black marketeer. I traded him some t-shirts. He gave this really thick, heavy wool coat that was a, 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 a for the police force in the Soviet Union. And it's it's cool. And you look like a badass wearing it. And it's super warm. And I've kept it for, you know, what, 30, 30 years-ish. Um, I don't need that. What, what am I hanging on to this for? So I actually went to a Russian grocery store and I said to them, I was like, Strasvice, uh, hello in Russian. I said, I've got this big coat. I don't know what to do with it. And she said, take a picture, put it on the wall. They have this little thing and see if somebody wants to collect it. See if somebody wants it. And she said, we also have a Russian Facebook group. There's a couple of them in town. Jump into one of those and see if somebody wants. I'm like, she's giving me guidance on how. Now, am I going to do all this stuff? I don't know. Probably only because it's meaningful. I would like it to go into some other hands. But then there's other things that I'm looking at. I'm like, the only person on the face of the planet that gives a rip about this article right here is me. I can't share it with anybody. Nobody's going to appreciate it. You know, I might be able to tell a story about it, but really when I'm gone, this is not really going to matter. This thing. Those are weird conversations with yourself. Like, why am I hanging on this? And what meaning am I attached? What story am I telling myself about some of these things? And so I want to give a little example here in your workplace, because one of the things about making a big move like we have to Portugal is that the belief is, man, things were really cool where I came from. And psychologically, we go to this new place and we inadvertently want to shape it in light of where we came from. And so you go into a new business, you go to a new company, you go to a new corporation, you get this new role, you start a new uh, company yourself as a startup. Inherently, we will start to shape these things or want to make them like the familiarity we came from. And we have to learn to decouple ourselves from where we came from and take everything anew and be a learner, be that growth mindset. Because I will tell you, I've met a number of people in Portugal or I'm a part of some Facebook groups where it didn't work out for those people. And the complaints that they give are, it's not like, and they don't say it verbatim, but they wanted it to be like where they came from. And it's not. And so they're like, well, I'm just going to go back home. I'm just going to go back. Think. How many people sabotage possibility because they want to make it like something they came from, even if what they came from was not serving them? And I'll give you one more story here because I think the comparison in this thing takes us back to the Jewish tradition where they tell the story about the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And in Egypt, there were things that, you know, there were slaves and stuff. I'm not a slave. I'm not saying anybody's a slave. Like, I, I just, don't, don't read into that. I'm just saying they were wanting to leave where they came from to go to someplace different. And there's a lot of story to the actual story. But for the sake of this conversation, they get out into the desert and they've only been out three days. And the people are looking at their leader and they say to the leader, yo, have you brought us out here to die? 
And he's like, no, no, we have this, this land that we want to go to, this, this vision, this promised land. We're all going there. And like, no, 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 the, you don't understand. Like, at least back there where we came from, we had a roof over our head. We knew where the food was coming from. They had clean water. Look what we have here. This is a desert. And in that story, provision was made. And as it was said, that God gave them cloud by day to block them from the sun and fire by night to keep them warm. And then manna is food. And all this provision was made. And even then, they're saying, but it's still not like what we came from. And as the legend goes, they wandered around the desert for an entire generation till all those people died off because they weren't willing to accept to go into this new land. Because when they looked at the new land, the spies that went to go check it out said, there's giants. It's an impossible thing. There's all this craziness. We aren't going there. And they had to get rid of them. Yeah. And in that same way, we do it in our own human nature. Yeah. Yeah. I think clinging to familiarity, it can be really dangerous because even if that familiarity, we talk about this all the time with a lot of our members, we have a dream, we have a vision, we have something in our heart that we just know in our bones we were meant to do. And yet it takes a level of letting go. And, and I think in some ways, and Angus, I'd love to you talk about this specifically with the house and Nashville, right? Because it is a special place for you. The house, there's tons of memories, right? Nashville is a special place. We have so many friends from Nashville. And yet it's almost like there needs to be a gratitude for where you've been, but then being able to be able to let go and embrace something new. It's like the, the image of the hand fist. You have to let go and open up your hand of what you already have in order to embrace the new. Am I right with that? Uh, 100%. And, you know, I just hung out with some of our Nashville members and some of my friends came and joined us. And two of my coaches, two of the guys that yeah. you know, coached me and helped me get to where I am. We all hung out at this brewery and, you know, had some food and shared some beers. And I was fighting getting emotional. Mm because of the level of gratitude mm. that I had in that moment. And, you know, part of it was my story and, and, you know, if anyone knows, you know, where I came from and what I went through and addiction and brokenness and stuff to now and saying, I can't believe I get to do what I do and the impact that my life has on others, the light I get to shine and stuff. That was number one. And the number two is they're all here and I'm not. I can't see these people as often or frequently as I would have preferred. Yeah. And yet, yo, we're going to put a retreat in Portugal <laughs> next year. Y'all got to come. That's right. And, you know, it's that shift you have to make in your brain of gratitude, yeah. shifting also into like, I'm moving on and I'm letting go of some of the things that were valuable to me, but it doesn't mean that they're gone forever, you know, between technology and access that we have, we still have possible. Yeah. So Angus, for the listener who is making a big move, they are switching cities, they are switching roles, they're starting a new company, they are getting married, they are having yeah. kids. There's some 
big move in their life. If you were to kind of summarize your experience, what would be your biggest advice for someone who's got a big move on the horizon, how they approach it, how they look back on their old experience and how they approach the new experience? Uh, I love and hate that question. <laughs> I hate it because <laughs> it's so hard yeah. in what we have to push ourselves through. Because the pushing through is that thing, you've heard us say this, and we've talked about this before, it's called the resistance. All the fears, all the limiting beliefs, all the things will bubble up to the surface when you go to do something big, when you go to make a move, when you go to change or transform what you've always known. And it's as if that resistance is trying to push you back into that comfort zone, kind of like the story I was telling you. It wanted to go back to where it came from because at least there it felt safe. And in that safety, there can be chaos. In that safety, there can be dysfunction. In that safety, there can be things uh, galore that don't serve you. And yet, for some reason, we want to go back to that, even if it's painful. This is this level of humanity, of consciousness that we've been wired to from our past. And part of the evolution is now to recognize that on the other side of that resistance is the thing that I desire, is the thing that I, maybe I was designed for, I'm destined for. But until I'm willing to let go of what I've known, I'll never be able to embrace the possibilities of what could be. So now I'm going to turn it to you. You're making a big move. And you're coming to join us in Portugal. And you've already submitted all your paperwork to you know, the consulate. And any day, any moment, they're going to give you the visa. And now the clock starts. What are you experiencing? Yeah, I, I think for us, we have an advantage in that we moved three years ago here to Hawaii, leaving our house back in Alabama, where we were close to Nashville for you guys. Um, and, and so it gave us a little bit of letting go of the stuff. And we just yeah. sold our house in Alabama. So it was kind of like it was similar of, for us, the hardest part was letting go of the memories we have of that house. And just knowing that we probably, we would never go back to live in that house. Um I, I think for us, there's been that transition. I think the biggest thing for me has been that growth mindset. We're trying, yeah. we are trying, we are learning Portuguese. We yeah. are diving into that. And it's not the easiest language to learn. Right. And yet reframing every time I go, oh, this is so hard or, oh, mm -hmm. you know, this is going to be different. Portugal, like any nation runs at a different pace at a different yeah. style as the U.S. And Craving that familiarity is a constant battle, you know, to go, yeah. why can't they just be like the U.S. that will do X, Y, and Z, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, they're not. Yeah. So get over yeah. it. Like yeah. me wringing my hands. And I, I made a commitment to my wife, Sandra. I said, I am not going to wring my hands anymore at how slow or the pace or whatever of this, yeah. you know, governmental process to get us in. We're just going to be patient. And when the time is ready, we'll be ready. And so I, I think for me, the biggest thing has, has, lean into, I'm always a learner and I can always figure stuff out. And when we come with that, um, it's just prepared me a whole lot better than, uh, other big moves in my life where I was 
<laughs> you're like clinging to the wall like a cat that doesn't want to get out of yeah. a you know a tree or something like <laughs> yeah. that just holding yeah. on for dear life um for us i i love new adventures you guys are our best friends our kids are yeah. your kids best friends so to have that life that possibility where we're all there in portugal for the amazing christmases and yeah. and obviously that's not everybody's dream but that's our dream right and yeah. that's what we aspire to People are saying, why are you leaving paradise? Well, uh, well, for us, paradise is being with our family and having this amazing adventure with our kids and living the life that you know we designed, not right. somebody else designed for us. And so uh, having that possibility in front of us over and over and over and over again, yeah. I think is really key. You interviewed Jen Sinchiro, and one of the biggest takeaways I got from the, the episode where you interviewed mm -hmm. her was when she was battling writing her next book, she said, yeah. I would just mentally picture myself after I've already arrived the book, after yeah. it's been a big success, doing all the podcast interviews, doing yeah. all, and she, I would mentally put myself in that space. And she said, then I went down and wrote the book. Yeah. And so there's something for me uh, of, of putting myself in that cafe in Portugal, you and I are drinking a yeah. good, fine beverage, you know, yeah. slower pace of life, seeing yeah. our kids. Yeah, go to a movie, guys, which yep. I still can't fathom in at least safety standards <laughs> here in America wait. versus Portugal. But hey, yep. I'm, it's growth mindset, right? Yeah. But, but approaching it from that view of seeing the desired outcome, feeling it, and then anything that comes our way, it's figure outable. Yeah. You know? I love that. And um, if you're listening, all of this is a metaphor. Just because we're moving locations, changing countries, don't feel like it's lost on you. Because wherever you're going in your career, in your marriage, in your parenting, in whatever it is that you're doing, everything we're sharing completely translates with are you hanging on to what you once knew? Or are you being open to what could be? That's what helps you make big jumps, which helps you to go to these big moves in your life and recognizing that when the resistance comes, when the fear, when the limiting beliefs, when all those things come, you're going to be fine. Because on the other side of that is exactly what you've been dreaming, exactly what you want. And one last thing I'll share with you, I will argue, wait till you get to Portugal. I know you think there's a lot of paradise in Hawaii, and yes, there is. <laughs> but just you wait, I will show you the paradise of Portugal. Nice. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Tim, can't wait for you to get to Portugal. I was going to say get here, but I'm in Nashville. But when we both get to Portugal, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And I hope that this has inspired you, that the big move that's in your heart, that your intuition that's calling you to, that you'll have the courage, the confidence, and the audacity to follow. Have a great day, guys. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately, upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ+, where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. 
We provide our signature training for individuals and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving.